Hey again, welcome back to the Rooted Mystic Musings podcast. My name's Angel, and I know I always say it, but I'm extra excited that you're here for this one because I have got a bookishness podcast for you today. These are all part of my experiments and magical reading, and I'm having so much fun with them. I can't even tell you. I hope you do too. But before we begin, I want to remind you that if you're digging these episodes, you can hop over to rootedmystic.com forward slash notes and join me for my coffee chat notes. Because if, like me, you're too woo for the normal folk and too normal for the woo folk, you'll fit right in with us. My coffee chat notes are where I share stories and bits of ordinary magic with the intent of helping you to remember and reconnect with your own inherent magic. All with a little side of sass, usually every Friday. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so here we are, and I'm hoping you've got your cuppa and you're ready to settle in because seriously, this is gonna be good. Here we go. Hey, welcome back. My name is Angel. I am the Rooted Mystic, and everything that I do with Rooted Mystic is all about helping you to remember and reconnect with your inherent magic. All the ways that I'm doing that right now will be in the show notes below. In the meantime, we are gonna go ahead and dive right back in. I am finally circling back and doing the update, um, the magical reading update on a book called Things That Matter, Overcoming Distraction to Pursue a More Meaningful Life by Joshua Becker. Now, I will try to remember to put um, a link right up here. I had mentioned this one before because I started it a little while back actually. I started it on January 17th. I did not finish it until February 15th, which for me is kind of strange. Like when I start a book and I really get into it, I fly right through it. Part of the reason for that in this case, uh, the reason that it took me a little bit longer, was that as I started it, I was reading it really quickly and I didn't want to get through it too fast, honestly. So I kind of um, throttled myself, my, my available time for the book a little bit. And then it was funny because as I came back to pick up where I had left off, it turned out I'd lost a lot of my oomph for this particular book. And we'll talk about that in a second. So. But first, I'm going to put another link right up here for what the um, Experiments in Magical Reading is all about because it's not a typical book review type of process, right? Like, there's a ton of that out there. People do that all the time, all different kinds of ways. That's not really what this is about. What this really is about for me is um, reading the books I've got and finding a takeaway. Like... For every book that I give my time and attention to, I should be able to get at least one something from it. Something that helps me, something that changes something in me, something that helps me to change something in my life, right? Like something. There should be something practical, um, energetic, something that I can take away from this book and integrate into my life in a way that's helpful, that really helps me move my life forward. In the ways that I want. Quick sip. I will ask you to forgive my voice. I've been feeling a little bit under the weather, um, but finally my throat's not hurting and so I decided to go ahead and do this today. Okay, so I do have a few quotes from the book 
that I wanted to share with you. So this one is from 3% into the book. He said, the author, Joshua Becker said, why did a list about other people's dying regrets go viral? He's referring here to Bronnie Ware's Five Regrets of the Dying, that book, which I purchased recently after hearing about it for years and years and years. I can't wait to read that one. I know it's going to be good. Um, anyway, it's because we all know that it's going to be us nearing death someday and we don't want to have regrets when we get there. And also, I believe, because we've already started having regrets about our life choices. For people in middle age and even for people in young adulthood, it's common to have nagging anxiety that we're squandering our time and resources on things that are not important while not focusing enough on the things and people that really do matter. And we can easily imagine that we'll be sorry about it someday if we don't make a change. Yet on and on we go, putting the inconsequential ahead of the imperative. Now, if you've been on my channel for any length of time or you've listened to my podcast for any length of time, you know that that probably really spoke to me deeply. It totally did. Like I said, this was 3% into the book and this is when I was still really, really feeling very into everything that he was talking about. Um, you know, I really... One of the things that I talk about a lot is uh, working with death as an ally, using a conscious awareness of your own mortality and the mortality of those that you love, the idea of that, the awareness of that, like a conscious awareness of that, to use that in a way that helps you prioritize what really is most important now in life, and then to go and live that, to live it fully, right? So when he's talking about how um, so many of us know already right now that we're not really living to... We're not really living in, in a way that um, will allow us to be more regret-free later, right? Like, I think that's true for the vast majority of people, or I will say people in Western society at least. Um, so yeah, that really struck me and that felt important and relevant. And so this is one of the things that I'd highlighted. Now, the next one is from 18% into the book, so at this point I'm still really on board with everything he's talking about. I really like this. He says, So, wherever you are in pursuing your goals, and whatever kind of fear you may be facing, I've got the same piece of advice for you. Visualize what it would be like to get to the end of life without ever fulfilling your potential. Now that's scary. You should be shaking in your boots about that possibility. Actually, we should all be shaking in our boots that you might give in to your fear because we all need you and your greatest possible contribution to the world. Now here again, end quote, by the way, <laughs> here again, this really spoke to me both in terms of having a fear myself of not getting out what I feel I'm here to share and do and be and have and give and all of that, but also an awareness that I feel this way about other people too, right? Like you have something to give. You are here for a reason and for a purpose. And yeah, I do find it scary to think that so many of us come and kind of squander our time and our energy and, and our being who we are in ways that mean maybe we won't ever necessarily get it out in the way that we intended to. 
that does feel scary to me, especially considering the times that we're living in right now and how much chaos it feels like is out there and, and the change and the way that people are, are being with into each other. It just feels like, you know, I, I really feel like um, this is our time to be doing what we came here to do. This is it. Like, this is what we've trained for. <laughs> this is why we're here. It's time to do it. So yeah, again, that one really spoke to me. Now, this last one, I have one more quote from the book to share with you. And this last one, by this point, actually a little bit before this, I was kind of like, ah, yeah, I don't I don't really know about this. I, I, I will tell you how I feel about this after the fact, but just to be clear, going into it, the author says, are we seeing the goal of work to be rest rather than recognizing that the goal of rest is accomplishing better work? We've got everything flipped upside down and it's leading to this confusion. The goal of work isn't more rest. The goal of rest is better work, end quote. Y'all, for this, uh, yeah, my head just went, because no, no, absolutely not. The goal of rest is rest. There is already so much out there in the world that's telling us work harder, work faster, be more efficient, do more, give up more of your time and energy for this other thing, this corporation, this whatever. Uh, yeah, no, no. We are not human doings. We are human beings. We are not robots. We are human people. So by the time I got to this, I was really close to just tossing the whole book and saying, forget it, I'm done, this is ridiculous. Um, and at the same time, I will say that I can see where his perspective is. And I'm going to leave it to you to, to decide if you want to read this book or not. But one of the primary things that he comes to within this book is this idea that um, we we are here to give our gifts and our work should be giving those gifts somehow. We should be serving other people. Um, yeah, we should be prioritizing our work and other people and and service and in a lot of ways there's nothing wrong with that in my book um but anything or anyone that tells me <laughs> that uh i should be prioritizing you know it, it sounds like he's saying you should be prioritizing this company and your service to them over your own kind of well-being and rest and this that and the other thing and i fully am aware that that might not be what his intention was. That's how it landed with me. That's how I read it. Um, I read several other reviews from people that it landed similarly for them. So I know it isn't just me, but um, regardless. So those are the quotes that really, uh, I, I actually have several. I have probably close to a dozen quotes that I pulled out, but those are the few that I wanted to share with you here. Now, what I take from this book or what I will be taking from this book, it did make me rethink um, my ideas about money and about how much we have and how much is enough. Um, so honestly, even if with everything else, I think that the book was worth reading just for that because it did make me start to question uh, a lot of my assumptions and ideas about things. Specifically, one of the other things I wrote was uh, rethinking my ideas around retirement. Although 
I had already been thinking about this, and it's also true that he is making giant assumptions about people and their desire to retire. His focus, I think, was on the fire crowd, which is um, financial independence, retire early, like that, that crowd. I think that's where he was really taking a lot of what he talked about. Um, but it's also true that lots of people um, who want to work physically or otherwise can't. And it felt like he just completely left those people out of the conversation entirely, which felt kind of yuck to me. Um, but it did make me rethink my ideas about, you know, money and how much is enough and around retirement, sorry, retirement just in general. Um, he did not make any mention of how so many of the companies uh, really are taking advantage of their employees and how toxic so much of this work culture has become in the U.S. at least and in Western society, which also bothered me. Um, yeah, you know what? By the time I got through <laughs> the second half of the book, I really was so kind of soured on the whole thing that there's not much else that I'm going to take from it. So what I made a note of to implement is just having conversations with my honey about um, our individual goals, our goals together as a couple. Um, more importantly, the why behind our goals. So um, he is very retirement focused and doesn't really seem to have a sense of what comes after that. And I think that that's something we need to talk about because retirement for the sake of retirement doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, it never has. It's always made more sense to me to find something that I really love doing and can hopefully, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances or emergencies or anything like that, hopefully it's something that I can continue doing for a long time. Um, that makes more sense to me than busting ass for 40 years at a company you despise with people you can't stand being around and have nothing else in common with just so that you can get that retirement paycheck and go play golf. Like that, that has never spoken to me personally. So yeah, so rethinking my ideas about money in general, about how much money is enough, about how much anything is enough, and rethinking my ideas about retirement. So those are the primary things that I am taking from this book. Um, I would love to know if you have also read this book, where it um, landed for you, like how did it land for you? What did it feel like? Did you feel similarly to the things that I've kind of outlined here? Did it land completely differently for you? What's your takeaway? Like, how did this feel for you? Um, leave a comment. Let me know if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're listening in my podcast, feel free to shoot me an email. Let me know. Okay. All right. Something else coming soon. But until then, as always, take really good care of you. Okay. All right. All right, that's it for this episode. If you're into what you're hearing, please remember to like and subscribe and maybe even share with a friend or two. It really does help to get the word out and I appreciate it so much. Really, really. Okay, until next time, take good care of you.